0: Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Celebrity Line. Connor McGay, He is a play-by-play announcer for the Colorado Avalanche, and he has seen up close and in person Gabriel Landeskog um, over the years. We wanted to talk to him about the Blues versus the Colorado Avalanche series, and also what the future holds for Gabriel Landeskog. So he joins us now via the Brown and Celebrity Line. Connor, we always appreciate the time. How you doing today?
1: afternoon fellas thanks for uh having me on um you know it's always uh it's always an awkward conversation but uh, i am uh it's always my pleasure your show is uh one of the, the best to come on so uh so thanks for having me
2: today honor i didn't say this in the text message to you when i asked you to come on last night but i'm expecting yeah, you, to you go... were
1: strangely quiet yeah i'm was, expecting uh... you to go
2: really easy on us here like this is this is I not will. an opportunity for you to showboat on here okay Oh I, I am not by nature
1: I do not showboat uh I I have a temper a lot of things so I will uh I will walk softly here.
2: Now, now Connor, <laughs> let's start with just that series because, uh, look, it was an underperforming season for the Blues without question. They didn't live up to the expectations a lot of people were hoping for. But you and I talked on the first pregame show before, the, and you had mentioned how this was a series that, from a Colorado's perspective, you were a little nervous about going into. So what did you see in the series that kind of surprised you about the way that the Blues played?
1: Well, it, it, it may be not how the Blues played, because they've had a great recipe for success over the past couple seasons. I know it was the early exit in the playoff last year. I think a lot of people can discount what the Edmonton bubble was, and that it's it's not playing in a real environment, and environments uh, are part of the reason that athletes compete. And you you had that at Enterprise Center, which was uh, a fabulous environment, games three and four, one in games and two in Denver. But... The, the Blues recipe has been big, strong, and physical, tough to play against. We talked about how uh, guys from Kyle Clifford to Shen to Schwartz uh, all play like O'Reilly, and you could probably, you know, give any one of them the, the Selkie Trophy at any time. So, But there's always a physical element to Blues hockey, and I was actually surprised at uh, – how the avalanche were able to sort of be physical back. And we saw that in in game number one. And that's how Colorado maybe gave themselves a little bit of confidence and were able to, uh, to play the blues equally that way. Now it's not easy being shorthanded. Colorado knows a ton about that down six starters in the second round last year versus Dallas, including their top two net minders. So that's never an easy hill to, to overcome, but, uh, but for for St. Louis, even missing the horses, the games were a lot closer than they appeared. And uh, Colorado said that they, uh, you know, they had to give their or best effort as close as they could, and were able to sweep the series. But like we said, it's it's never an easy easy game when you play St. Louis,
0: Connor. When you look at your your biggest takeaways from that series, and you, you mentioned how the Blues they want to play physically. I was so impressed with the way that the the abs pushed back against that because I think there are teams wrong here of yesteryear from the abs where the blues would have come out, especially early on, punched them in the mouth, and they might have been yep. taken aback a little bit. And it's like, okay, the blues end up up 3-1, the abs don't respond, and now you've got the blues feeling like they can get back into this series despite being shorthanded. I, I feel like I learned more in this series about the abs than I did about the blues.
1: Yeah, I think so too, and I think, I think Colorado over the past couple postseason campaigns uh, has sort of started to compile a, a book of lessons that they have learned. Uh, go back to 2017-18, they qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs in Game 82 against, uh, against St. Louis, uh, the empty net goal, and Landis Gog is, is mobbed by everybody in the neutral zone, but that pushes them into a, a, a matchup with the Nashville Predators. Uh, they force a game six, they lose at home in game six, but that's when the lessons started to be learned because the year before uh, it was a 48-point season, and it's the worst in over 25 years in the National Hockey League. And then you go to the following series where, or seasons, excuse me, where you play the number one overall seed, Calgary, as a wild card team. You beat Calgary in five games, Then you? Play San Jose, it's the Landeskog offside play uh, that negates the game-tying goal. in Game 7 in San Jose uh, is able to win that series. And then we just talked about last year, you you, you, you pretty much take out Arizona. It took five. rantis, stole one for the Coyotes. Uh, but then down six starters, as we mentioned, they lose in overtime of Game 7 to Dallas. So all of these lessons that they've learned, whether specific or big picture, have sort of been put together and everyone knows how they felt in game seven of the second round the last two years when they've been eliminated and no competitor ever wants to feel that way ever again. So that's why when you come across a challenge like the St. Louis blues, and it was a challenge, uh, they now have the confidence to maybe step to that challenge and step outside of their comfort zone. And as you mentioned, teams in the past, maybe, not necessarily would have rolled over, but would not have been able to adapt to that style of play or to really stick up for their, for their teammates in any fashion. And, and the Avalanche were able to do that. And so I think we, watching this team, learn that. And they may have known that themselves inside the room, or maybe they're learning that about themselves as they, as they go along.
2: Connor I'm curious about the outlook for Colorado because you know Doug Armstrong had his exit interview with the media a couple of days ago and he said the central division is not going to be any easy division moving forward no I mean, you got,
1: no no, no. <laughs> yeah you
2: got the Colorado team who's going to be a Stanley Cup favorite for for a while now for how that they've set this roster up you got Minnesota you'll have Nashville Winnipeg but Colorado's going to have some interesting decisions moving forward and one of those big ones is Gabriel Landeskog as an unrestricted free agent now I know that Joe Sackick is going to want to Keep that core together, but do you think it's possible? And I know a lot of people in sir St. Louis are wondering: Does Landeskog return?
1: I mean, it's one of those things where you, met the Pittsburgh Penguins, ran into this a couple years ago with with Sidney Crosby. And obviously, when you have been the biggest piece of the franchise for a long time, I mean, when Landeskog was drafted in 2011, at the time pre-Conor McDavid, he was the youngest captain in NHL history at 19 years old. And then McDavid, uh, by a couple days, took over that honor. So Landis Gog, uh, a European player who comes over, plays in the OHL, plays for the Kitchener Rangers. Not only is he the rare European player uh, to play uh, juniors in Canada, but then he's also the captain of the team. So you know that there's something different, there's something special about a guy like that, which is why... Colorado with the number two overall pick in 2011 this is two years after they drafted Matt Duchesne third overall go with Landis Gogg and a guy who can be uh as good a power forward as there is but also can display every single leadership quality and he's become a new father in the past uh, year and a half now has uh, two kids and their family uh she's You know, they're out of the Toronto area, obviously his family in Sweden, but they have really taken to uh, the city of Denver, the state of Colorado, and it's hard to imagine the Avalanche without Landis God. And nobody loves this team more than him. I don't think anyone wants this team to succeed more than him. So interesting decisions to be made, but the cap not going up uh, this year hurts the Avs maybe more than anybody else because – you are sort of counting on that extra six or seven million dollars because you don't only have Landis Gogg, who's doing a new deal. Philip Grubauer is up; he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, y- you have his ticket, big item. The entry level deal for Kale McCarr is done. Yeah. So, so that's you got to whatever you want. Here you go. You want <laughs> you want a max <laughs> deal? Here you go. And with a player like McCarr, you just have to. You just have to, to pay the man and and see what else you have left to work with. So that's where it's going to be interesting this offseason with Landis Gog and Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland in the front offices. Okay, can we come to a place where you're happy and taken care of, but we also have the flexibility to keep this team together, as you've mentioned, because uh, the roster as we see it today, you're going to have to mix as far as free agents go. Brandon Saad was just a one-year deal. Um, Are you able to keep him around? Maybe, maybe not. Pierre-Edouard Belmar, same thing. He's been one of your rocks in the locker room and has been your fourth-line center now for a couple years. Uh, Does the cap sort of strain make him uh, expendable? So tough decisions as far as those extra guys may have to be made because, uh, yeah, you have your core, but as we've seen, for championship teams for a long time, it's often the auxiliary pieces, those extra players on the wing. Uh, if you're into avalanche history, the Mike Keens of the world that really make the uh, make the uh, the ship sail. So it's it's going to be probably the most interesting off season that we've had around here in a long time. But I I, I don't know if it's just me being in and around this team for 25 years or, or not. But I I I can't really see a situation where Landis Gog isn't the captain of the avalanche
0: we're talking to Connor mcgahee for another couple of minutes here on 101 es by playing play an announcer for the colorado avalanche Connor. one question that i would have for you is 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 there an appetite though to make nathan mckinnon the captain i, I know sometimes we overrate this stuff on the auxiliary of 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 hockey but how, how much do you think that plays into a decision with gabriel Landeskog?
1: Well, I, everyone has their own skill set, right? And for McKinnon, some players, it's good to just let them focus on being the best at what they do. And personality-wise, and McKinnon would probably, w- w- while he would be honored, he would probably tell you that Landis Gog is maybe better suited uh, to t- to wear the C. I mean, McKinnon wears the A for, for a reason because he is a superstar because w- when you talk about leading with your play on the ice, nobody is probably better uh, the Nathan McKinnon, but uh, is it a possibility? Yes. But I, I think McKinnon's, uh, skill sets and strong suits are with his play where Landis Gog has to be a little bit more wide brush with everything. And that's that those are part of his gifts. So that's why I think, uh, it's a good combination there with McKinnon wearing the A and Landis Gog wearing the C.
2: One more, Connor, that I have for you before we let you go, and we appreciate you hopping on with us. Brandon Saad's an interesting name, and his name's been brought up a lot for the Blues because, you know, once you're out of the playoffs, it begins the offseason and the free agent right. questions. <laughs> uh, what did you take from Brandon Saad's game? Because, you know, he was an incredible player with the Chicago Blackhawks, looked like he took a step back when he went to the Columbus Blue Jackets and back to Chicago, but, but it kind of feels like the 28-year-old has reemerged this season.
1: Without a doubt. And I, was, well, I just left practice before I was on with you guys and was watching Sod skate. And I, I thought to myself, I said, he, he's so much of a better skater than, than, than I really think. When you watch somebody under a microscope, obviously you're going to pick the good and the bad. But here's a guy who has been through every single situation in the Stanley Cup playoffs in particular. Uh, he's been through sweeps. He's been through game sevens. Is it a five-game series? Is it a six-game series? He's he's seen, seen it all, and it's just funny because you talk about his play with Columbus and Chicago, two teams that in the past couple seasons have not exactly been on the precipice of winning a championship. But it's just like Jonas Johansson, who was acquired as a goaltender when the Avalanche had some uh, some injury problems with Pavel Francouz from the from the Buffalo Sabers. There's the famous line that that the writer had never seen a worse goaltender than Jonas Johansson in his 25 years of covering the Sabres. And then Johansson comes here and loses only one game in regulation down the stretch. And uh, there's something to be said for being a player with uh, a good toolbox and good skill sets and being around more talented players. Obviously, if you're on a better team, your strengths are going to shine through. And I think that's, the case for Johansson and definitely the case for Saad because as we've established he's been there he's done that and he's you know sure as the day is long going to be a 20 goal scorer for you in the National Hockey League and then when it comes time for the playoffs he's one of the guys you want on the ice uh obviously he scores the game time goal there in game four to to get the comeback going for Colorado so uh I think it's a perfect example of having everything that you need as a hockey player and having that being accentuated when you're around other pieces of exceptional talent.
0: It's Connor McGee play-by-play announcer for the Colorado Avalanche. If there's anybody that I'm happy for that they get to watch this kind of a run for their team, it would be Connor McGee Connor, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today.
1: Hey, anytime you fellas know that, bless you both. And uh, thanks for the, the the hospitality this past week. Uh, the city was, was very nice and very gracious. Definitely. So, uh,
2: Good luck to see you in the fall. And good luck the rest of the way, Connor.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Got it. That's Connor McGahee joining us here on 101 ESPN.